Hey, Collateral Cinema listeners, Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast, just taking a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. Much like Collateral Cinema, we are a grassroots podcast. We invite bands from all over the world to come in, and we dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. Let me tell you something, brother. Collateral Cinema Director's Cut is coming straight at you with an exclusive WrestleMania-themed episode. So stick around, brother. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And in case you couldn't tell from our impeccably made intro, right, Robert? I couldn't tell. <laughs> who did that? I couldn't tell. Oh, I wonder who did that. Who did that? <laughs> this podcast, this episode is all about wrestling because WrestleMania 37 just happened. It just finished up its second night as we are speaking. Uh, Roman Reigns retained the title, and Bianca Belair won her main event, and she's the SmackDown Women's Champion now. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Like, congratulations to both of them. Robert, I mean, what did you think about this uh, card for WrestleMania this year? You know, I wasn't expecting it too much because of the buildup going into WrestleMania after the, before the pay-per-views, really, you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of them weren't really grudge matches. Most of them really didn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, most of them were title matches, and it seems like a lot of titles really changed hands. Yeah. This time. I, I guess, you know, the, the current title holders were just holding on to them too long, you know? Yeah. I mean, the main event of night two, that's Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and who else was it? That was Edge. Edge. Yeah. Yeah. All these individuals coming back from such adversity. You know, Roman Reigns with his leukemia diagnosis. Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Edge having to retire after injuries. I mean, to have all three of these men in a three-way main event, I mean, that was monumental. But, I mean, not as historical as Bianca Belair winning against Sasha Banks. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that match? Oh, I really didn't get to see any of it, you know? Yeah, but did you see some of the build-up to it? Yeah, I saw a lot of the build-ups and a lot of the pay-per-views in, uh, yeah. Yeah, before leading up to WrestleMania. And yeah. mostly just because I don't, I don't get raw. I mean, I'm watching SmackDown, you know, a lot, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't get the other channel. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I remember you saying something about Belair being the superior athlete. I mean, I could kind of see that. Sasha Banks, she's a great show woman, show person, or however you want to say. She is electrifying, really. And, you know, I mean, with, with the absence of, like, Becky Lynch or Ronda Rousey, I mean, she's really stepped up and kind of filled that role. And, yeah. I mean, I've been kind of following her a rain on Instagram more than anything. And I mean, it looks like she kind of made it a little fun, you know, but also really dramatic and, you know, kind of with really emotional matches in the build up to it. So, yeah, I mean, that's really historic. Also, first time ever two black women main eventing a WrestleMania. That's another historic first right there. 
you know? For the WWE Women's Championship. For, uh, I think it's SmackDown. SmackDown Women's yeah, Championship. Yeah, SmackDown Women's Championship. And, I mean, yeah, the Roman Reigns victory, I mean, good for him. I, I'm glad that he started to get the push that he needed. You know, I mean, early on, there was a lot of people who were sketchy about him, but yeah. now he's kind of gotten his flow, more or less. Yeah, he had to uh, fork over the Universal title because of leukemia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had to fork that over. I mean, and that was a very, very, like, sad moment. I think it was a, a triple threat pay-per-view, too, where he had to fork it over, you know? Yeah, that's, oh, that's so sad. Relinquish the title, and then they have a, a tournament for it, you know? yeah. But, I mean, there were a bunch of other matches that I'm somewhat familiar with. There was a Cesaro with uh, versus Seth Rollins. I th think Cesaro won uh, against Rollins. Yeah, he was carrying that torch with him all the way there at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, I mean, I, I think that uh, there was a tag team title that changed hands. I think it was a New Day, right? Yeah, with AJ Styles, too. Right? Yeah, no, it, it was AJ Styles and... Uh, Who's the other guy? <laughs> I forgot, man. I forgot. But yeah, AJ Styles and his partner, they defeated the New Day for the title, I believe. It doesn't matter. It was just all AJ Styles. It's all AJ Styles. I mean, yeah, AJ's, AJ Styles, I mean, what can be said about him? If you haven't seen his work, then you're missing everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're actually really huge fans of AJ Styles here. Mm. Like, I mean... He, he has a pretty storied career already, going all the way back to, like, TNA, New Japan. Freaking. Like, indies. WWE. Uh, no, was it WCW Junior Cruiserweight? Oh, yeah. That was. Before those went off. Yeah, that was, like, years ago. Damn. Yeah. But, yeah, as you can tell, we are excited about wrestling and WrestleMania here. I mean, just short of starting a wrestling podcast, you know. I mean... I know that Robert here, like, he's been a lifelong wrestling fan. He owns, like, a bunch of different types of pay-per-views on DVD. I used to. You used to. Yeah, that's right. I think I'm going to go back and collect them all again. Yeah, I I've started collecting quite a few. I've got, like, the bloodiest matches of ECW, which is a great nostalgia trip. I mean, I, I highly recommend buying it if you can track it down. It's brutal. It's bloody. It's everything that was great about ECW, you know. W. It's a great tribute. I think I only have uh, two TNA pay-per-views now. Yeah, uh, I have them right here. It's Hard Justice 07 and Turning Point. There we go. Yeah, I, I think that was uh, Samojo versus Kurt Angle in one of those matches, I believe. Yeah. And didn't it have like an early Bobby Lashley in yeah. one of them? Like early on? He would just go back and forth from WWE to TNA. As a lot of wrestlers are wont to do. Yeah. Yeah. But we also love watching movies, both about wrestling and starring wrestling stars. And so that's, that's how we're tying this into, you know, the collateral cinema thing. But this time around, we decided to dig up a documentary. I, I believe it's from the late 90s. It's the documentary Beyond the Mat. And then that's where we're going to start our review this movie is very much a snapshot of everything that wrestling was up to that point. In the 80s. In the 80s. In the 90s, mainly. The this 70s, is a... 90s. Yeah, this is a snapshot of late 90s wrestling. I mean, it shows a lot of key events happening here. Like, for 90s, instance... 90s ECW. 90s ECW, yeah. of the very first pay-per-view that they did, right? Yeah. Just bringing ECW from the ground up. Paul yeah, Heyman. I mean... 
Paul he, Heyman, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They they introduce Terry Funk in this movie. Who I mean, the Funker is the, the living legend. You know, His name speaks for itself. You know. Yeah, it, it speaks for himself. I mean, he pretty much elevated hardcore wrestling to a higher art form in a way. I mean, he has given his body to this business. Much like another subject of this movie, Mick Foley, who Mick we'll Foley. talk about here in a little bit. But Terry Funk's, I guess you could say his arc here in the narrative of the documentary, it's very uh, well juxtaposed versus the other wrestlers, you know, like Jake the Snake. They feature Mick Foley. They also feature, you know, Paul Heyman in the ECW promotion and uh, the McMahons and the WWE promotion and all of that. And, you know, some of the other stars, I think Coco Beware makes a brief appearance here. And uh, Draws makes an appearance. This was well before he was even starting in the WWE and way before his unfortunate accident in the ring. Yeah. And apparently he could puke on command, which is quite a talent when you really think about it. Right, Robert? Regurgitate on command. Yeah. I mean, where, where do you go with a character like that? I mean, what 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 do you think Vince was actually thinking there? I would just like hold down other wrestlers and start puking on their faces. Ooh, <laughs> gross, dude! Make no whole, fucking way. Make a whole gimmick out of it. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't end up making it that gimmick. He right. he was just draws, and I mean, I I think that he was briefly with the uh, the Ministry of Darkness for a while, the corporate ministry or whatever with Undertaker. You know, when when they were all fucking straight up like satanic and everything. And then he turns into a biker. He turns into, yeah, the, the American badass. He turns he, into the biker. And then he marries Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool or something. Who the fuck did, she, did he marry? Michelle McCool, another diva. Oh, shit. But, yeah, Terry Funk's story here, I mean, it shows him just pretty much doing uh, everything he can to really get ECW off of the ground. And, then, yeah, this is very much a snapshot of ECW back in its early days, back when it had its original arena, when it was really coming up as a promotion. You know, it, a after this, they got an exclusive deal with the Nashville Network to start showing weekly wrestling shows. And, I mean, T Terry Funk, I mean, he goes in and he does his thing. I mean, he gets bloody, he uses chairs, tables, all kinds of implements. Robert, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the Funker, man? I mean... Oh, man, that dude can go, f like, all night. All fucking night, Even right? Even for his age, like, 50. And, like, he's been wrestling for, like, 35 years, right? Yeah, at the very least, he has. And, and, and up to that point, and up he does point. announce his retirement here. With Bret Hart. With Bret Hart, yeah. He has his last retirement match. There's this little drama with uh, an old-school wrestler friend of his from back in the old promotions. And, and, and he's like... Man, I want you to be there. I, I want you yeah. to be there. And th this guy, he can't swallow his pride, but finally he does, and he referees the match. I, I can't recall the guy's name me for either. the life of me. <laughs> we'll call him Patrick Duffy. Patrick Duffy, yeah, he kind of <laughs> had that look to him, right? Like uh, older Patrick Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you, you get to see a little bit of this match between Terry Funk and Brett the Hitman Hart, and... It's it's a very emotional moment. Now, of course, three months later, he's back on the road wrestling, which makes you wonder, I mean, was this a kayfabe thing? Was this... Probably just to sell tickets. I don't know. Just to sell tickets? I don't know. Not really sure. Yeah, right on. 
But the other wrestler that they feature here, who I think gets the best arc, is, of course, Mr. Mick Foley himself. Another legend. Yeah, he's basically Terry Funk's counterpart. Very much. Just maybe 20 years younger. Yeah. At that at that time. They can you know, both or go, at all times. Dude, they can both go all night. Ugh. Seriously, I mean, they show so much old footage of Mick Foley like running off of and jumping off of his goddamn own roof, yeah. you know, like on, onto mattresses and shit. It's like just being a madman. They show a little bit of the King of the Ring '97 match with Undertaker, which, if you know anything about wrestling, that is like just the moment that mankind just exploded as a character. So he uh prepared his whole life for that moment. He he did. He prepared for it his whole life. And man, I mean there was those two big moments for that first throw off of the cage onto the announcer's table. Yeah. That's that's in history. That that's historic right there. And then there was that malfunction. That was a that was actually a botch on the top, right? That wasn't meant to happen. We just went straight through and then hit the bottom. Yeah. I I think Undertaker he he choke slammed him, right? Yeah, he choke slammed him. He, he straight just chokeslammed him straight through the fucking cage. But it, when he hits the floor, dude, his body like whiplashes, ragdolls, and it's like, oh, yeah. it's terrifying. And there, and there was a goddamn metal chair down there as well. Yeah. I mean, that was just awful to watch, man. But I mean, and, and remember, he had a tooth knocked out and it was hanging out from his fucking nostril. Yeah. I mean, that's just seen as like a very important match. And I'm glad that they really touched upon it and kind of got Mankind's thoughts about it, or, or Mick Foley's thoughts, I should say. But then, later on, it shows a lot of footage of him with his family, which, oh my lord, this is just so adorable. He's a, he's a fucking teddy bear, man. He's a family man. He's yeah. a family man. I mean, at the time, his kids are young, I mean, and they're so fucking adorable. I mean, er every time was just heartwarming, seeing that. Oh. And, and that's what made the match between him and The Rock at Royal Rumble that year, where he was taking just all those chair shots. Scary fucking chair shots, man. Dude. Like, I mean, I was wincing watching that shit. Dude, his head was bashed in. It once, was. You, once you clean all the blood up, you could see all the... Dude, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's real. It, it, it's real. Yeah. I mean, that, that shows the real aspects of wrestling. Yeah, it, it has a determined outcome and everything, but wrestlers do ad-lib a lot of the time in the ring. They, they do have at least a set idea of where things are going to go, and then they just kind of play off each other, and it, that's how you get a good match. And, and, you know, Taker and Mankind, that's what they did. They, they just went above and beyond what they needed to do in that match. And in the match between Mankind and The Rock, I mean, you see Mick Foley's family out in the crowd, and they're freaking the fuck out, man. Like, just every fucking chair hit. And, and, and before the match, he are, he's already telling his kids, it's like, you know that daddy's not going to get hurt, right? <laughs> you, you know that daddy is, daddy's friend isn't going to actually be hurting him, right? Dwayne you know? Johnson? Yeah, Dwayne Johnson. Would, yeah, we see an early, young Dwayne Johnson just fresh into his, you know, really rising career as The Rock, the people's champion. And, I mean, he, he's so friendly. And he, and he you know, talks to Mick's uh, children and everything, reassures them and everything. It's, it's, it's a very sweet moment. And, and then... You just see the depravity of that match. 
and, and, and the kid's just terrified and, and fucking crying and Mick Foley bloody, like handcuffed and shit. It's like, yeah, that's real. Those chairs are real. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason why they stopped having wrestlers hit people with chairs on their heads. I yeah. mean, you just don't see that anymore. Concussed. Yeah, that became a controversy all its own with the WWE. They kind of were trying to either obfuscate or just outright deny that that was happening. Just like the NFL. Just like the NFL, exactly. Dude. Yeah, I mean, that's not fucking cool, especially when wrestlers are not given like any kind of health insurance in the WWE, which is just dreadful. But, I mean, that's a subject for another conversation. Though. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's, nah. it's unfortunate... It is what it is. Maybe the wrestlers can unionize. I don't know. I'd go to AEW. <laughs> yeah, or, or just go to AEW. Go you'll to probably, AEW. Yeah, you'll probably be treated well. I mean, look, look at Jake the Snake. He's in AEW, and Lee looks like he's having a blast. Oh, yeah. Which is a serious fucking juxtaposition to where he was at during this particular documentary. And this is where this movie gets really dark. I mean... Jake the Snake Roberts, at that time, he just did not live a healthy life at all at that time. He was unfortunately mired in addiction. I mean, it's like you said, Robert, he was lost. I mean, and he looked lost. It was, it was hard to see. It actually kind of made the, this whole thing a little disturbing. I've been that way, too. Yeah, I, I, I understand, man. Uh, uh, it's not fun, man. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It's like, seriously, if you have any issues with addiction, please get help. I mean, like, I'm sure that our friends at Victims and Villains might have some resources. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, Jake the Snake really opens up about everything that has been happening in his life up to that point to the director of this movie. And I mean, it's like, damn, man, it's just so sad. And then and then he meets up with his estranged daughter, and they, they have a serious discussion, like very serious. It's heartbreaking. I, I think after that, he ends up going and smoking crack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like an HBO story or something. Yeah, it, it's, it's rough, man. But, yeah, I mean, it's good that he's doing well now. I mean, he, he actually has a pretty high up position in AEW. I, I think he's like the main director of like talent relations or something like that. Good. Give him some look forward to, right? Yeah. And and you know, I mean, he's helping to grow AEW and you know, he he looks good, he looks healthy. He actually looks like he's in a good frame of mind. So I don't get the AEW channel. We need to watch more of that though. Yeah, honestly, AEW is kind of killing it. Even though I heard that they have like 30 dozen stables right now. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I was there to watch Chris Jericho become the first ever AEW champion, and then John Moxley would take it from him. Yeah, and did did you see that stadium stampede that they did uh -uh. when when the lockdowns first started? Uh -uh. That was insane, bro. That, that was an innovative way to do a wrestling match. They they just let like Matt Hardy and I I forget who else it was, but I know Matt Hardy was there. They they just let them loose in this football stadium, dude. Oh man. And it was just insane, bro. It was fucking insane. Probably the Bucks or yeah, the Jacksons, Generation Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, at, at that time, I think that's who they were feuding with. But yeah, I mean, Jake the Snake seems to be doing better now. So I mean, at least that story has a little bit of a better ending. I mean, I don't know if he ever really reconciled with his daughter, but... Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's interesting to kind of juxtapose that with Mick Foley in this movie. 
who, I mean, he, like I said, he's just wholesomeness incarnate. And, you know, and, and he put his body through so much, and Jake the Snake put his body through so much. I remember when uh, Mick Foley became one of the executive shareholders for TNA. Yeah, I remember that, too. In, in one of these pay-per-views, they're... Uh, they're they're doing like a an invasion angle I think with yeah. like the 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 new talent of like, like like the main roster talent of TNA versus like a lot of the old legacy guys like exactly. Sting Scott Steiner Kevin Nash fucking Booker T exactly yeah I mean who who was it that insulted Mick Foley to his face that was Alex Shelby Alex Shelby. Alex oh Shelley, yeah, uh, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns yeah man that that that's actually kind of a classic moment and he. And Mick Foley's just like these guys, man. Th- these these guys, and and it's just like, oh man, it's like he, Mick Mick Foley just knows how to bring it, no matter where he's at and no matter what he's doing. I mean, the the, the poor man could barely walk. They don't look good when he's walking. Yeah, but I mean, he he just like Terry Funk gave a lot to this business. You know, he he gave a lot to it, and I mean, I think we're all thankful to them in the end. I mean, that's another thing that this movie shows is just, you know, what this business does to certain people within, you know, and and it has a lot of other angles to it. Like, for instance, very briefly, they have New Jack on there and they don't get too far into New Jack. And if you know anything about him, you know, he's batshit fucking crazy. I mean, he, he's certifiably crazy. Look at his Twitter feed. Oh, God. His Twitter feed is hilarious, though. It, 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 it's probably one of the best wrestling uh, Twitter feeds on the whole platform, honestly, because he just says some, some random shit. Probably him and Iron Shake like, are just entertainment, pure, purely, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I mean, New Jack, he kind of talks a little bit about his own philosophy at the time. He's, he's just like, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a violent man. I will fucking hurt you. I don't give a fuck. I don't fucking care. What I get paid to do. And, you know, I mean, he he was involved in some infamous moments, like, for instance, the mass transit incident, where he bladed a young kid who lied about his age on at a house show and severed some of his arteries in his head, and he started, like, bleeding out. I mean, oh. he didn't die immediately, but, I mean, like, the, the, the kid's father was through in the towel. He's just like, he's a kid. He's a kid. Stop. Yeah. It's just like. I mean, my God. I mean, the, the only reason that any charges didn't stick there is because, you know, he lied about being of age. Yeah. I, I, I think he lied about, you know, being trained by Jimmy the Snooker, I think. What yeah, the hell? Yeah, he, he, he fucking said something to that effect. Oh. Or, or training with King Kong Bundy or some such nonsense. Oh, what a liar. <laughs> I know, right? Fucking, fucking kid, you know? <laughs> But, I mean, he, he also, I, I think that he did a match with the Iron Shake that he actually stabbed him, like, repeatedly. Straight took Damn. out a blade and stabbed him. He tried to kill a guy in ECW. Like a fork or something? Yeah, it, it was like a fork. I th- No, I think it was like a straight knife. Straight knife. It was a blade. Yeah. So, yeah, New Jack is insane. And New Jack, if, if you're listening, please don't hurt us. We're cool. We're cool, man. I think I've seen New Jack take, like, Forks to Brother Devon's freaking head. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Devon's head is fucked up, dude. Brother Devon, man. <laughs> I, I mean, didn't the Spike Dudley briefly show up here? 
Yeah, man, there, there was three of them, like a little Spike Dudley too. Yeah, yeah, they, they had a little, little Spike Dudley like there. He's all bloodied up and everything. Brother Runt, remember that? Yeah, Brother Runt, exactly. <laughs> that That's oh. actually a classic character right there, man. I, I, I wish they would have brought him into the WWE when they brought the Dudley bro- boys, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, those guys really made a contribution. I mean, they helped pretty much create tables, ladders, and chairs. I think they got over 23 world tag team titles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so th- so they have an illustrious fucking career. Yeah, probably a little more than the Road Warriors. I mean, the Road Warriors captured every yeah. major single tag team title at that era, though. Yeah, but this movie also shows an indie promotion who has a couple of wrestlers that try out for the WWF at the time, WWE now. Yeah, th- this is before the lawsuit. And they don't get any callbacks from the company, but... I mean, hey, they're they're forever immortalized in this movie, you know. I mean, featured with you know the likes of Funker and Foley and Jake the Snake and who who else briefly shows up here? Like, like I said, uh, Coco Beware out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> it's pretty much like lost talent. Everybody forgot from like the Legends of WrestleMania era. Yeah, but anyway, I don't know. I guess that we can go ahead and give a little bit of a rating for this movie i really liked it it was very nostalgic it was like i said it was a snapshot of a certain time and place in wrestling history that you just kind of had to be there for yeah and we were we were there we we were there yeah i i remember the raw versus nitro wars i remember when smackdown first became a thing you know but yeah i mean i'm gonna give this a 4.5 out of 5 it's actually really captivating. It tells some interesting stories about some great people from this business and even some troubled people from this business. And, you know, it, it really doesn't sugarcoat anything here. I mean, it, it actually shows what the, what the backstage is like at a big promotion and a promotion like ECW yeah. or, or even smaller promotions. I mean, it kind of just shows that side of the business. And it, it, it's a really interesting deep dive into this world and i would really like a follow-up i think that uh, beyond the mat 2 like 20 some or 30 some years later and you know we're taking a look at wrestling as it is now how how it's evolved because i mean that was it was a different entity back then you know attitude era yeah that was attitude era i mean you were just starting to get some of the new japan styles into wrestling at that point japan it was just in mexico it was like i mean wcw kind of fostered it with their cruiserweight division but it was just then starting to kind of infiltrate the uh, western markets and promotions and everything so i mean yeah this movie really captures all of that so, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. How about you, Robert? What are your thoughts and what's your rating on this? I give it a 5 out of 5. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I've honestly. only seen it. I've This is my second time seeing it, but, you know, the Jake the Snake Robert story and uh, the Terry Funk story are a lot similar to the Mickey Rourke's character and the wrestler. Basically, yeah. Mickey Rourke's character plays them. He played, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like uh, his character was kind of a combination of Terry Funk and Jake the Snake. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, two very different career paths, but, you know, very important career paths. Yeah. In, in, res- in the annals of wrestling. Kind of like the there from the start of, the, start of it all, right? Yeah, go, going all the way back to, to the early promotion days, you know, all the, all the different territories. 
and whatnot. There you go. But, I mean, yeah, five out of five, I think that's a fair enough uh, assessment. I only gave it a 4.5 out of five because, you know, I mean, it is a little rough around the edges here or there as far as uh, production-wise, but it's mm-hmm. still a captivating movie. And even if you are not a wrestling fan or, you know, if you're like one of the whole, you know, wrestling is fake, it's just stupid, which is a bunch of guys and girls just bashing each other. It's like, no, it's it's so much more. There's a narrative function to it. There's a, an artistic flourish to it. Yeah. And, and, and especially now, right? Now more than ever, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, now more than ever. I mean, especially what you're seeing in AEW. And also what you saw, you know, from TNA Impact during its heyday, but... Now it's Impact Wrestling because it's not good enough to be called the old TNA, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's not good enough to be TNA. No, not anymore. Not. That's too bad because TNA was a good promotion. It really was. Yeah, but one, one final thing, Robert, what's some of your favorite performances of wrestlers in movies? Like that, that you can think of off the top of your head. Like what, what, what really stands out? Probably, uh, what is it, 12 Rounds with John Cena? 12 and, Rounds with John Cena? Yeah. And when he did The Marine. Yeah, that's that's a movie that's kind of a, a little bit of a cult hit, actually. Yeah, he did The First Marine. Yeah. And, and maybe uh, that Stone Cold Steve Austin movie, The Condemned, right? The Condemned? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. That that was kind of just a, it was like a military action movie, right? Yeah. He, he was like a Navy SEAL or something like that? Yeah, I think he served as something, yeah. spec, spec Ops or something. Well, I, I can think just off the top of my head, quite possibly one of the most quotable uh, wrestlers in movies was Jesse the Body Ventura in Predator. I mean, straight up, it's like, I don't got time to bleed. It's like, oh, man, it's like that movie, it almost feels like it could have been a WWE movie back in the day, right? You know like, what? You know what? Probably. Yeah, it kind of felt like it. And... I mean, he he is actually really awesome in that fucking movie. He's not bad of an actor, man. I like his conspiracy theories too. <laughs> yeah, he went a little off off of the deep end there. They're entertaining. They're they're amusing. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can tell that he is a a good guy. Yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah, he he is. It's like I mean, he served his country. I mean, he he did his time in the service and he came back and he built a fucking career for himself and he became a politician. I mean that that that's a hell of a rise. I mean, and and also as an actor, you can do it with a GI Bill, right? Yeah, if you can. And of course, I mean, with wrestlers in movies, you can't go too far without mentioning Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I mean, he has had some interesting roles in movies. You know, like he was in Southland Tales, which was the follow up from uh, the director of Donnie Darko, and makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. And has the most random fucking cast ever. It's got Sherry O'Terry, Christopher Lambert, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, fucking Kevin Smith is in there randomly, Wallace Shawn. Yeah, it's it's a weird fucking movie. But to me, that's a Dwayne The Rock Johnson role that really stands out a like lot. That, that rundown know? where he was carrying the board. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was Walking Tall, the Walking right? Walking Tall. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, uh, yeah, that was the Buford Pusser story. The rundown was the one with Sean William Scott, right? Yeah, that that's the one right there. And, of course, he started doing all those movies with uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. Which, I mean, they have good chemistry together, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, and they, and they are actually friends in real life. But, I mean, and 
I mean, let's also bring up, you know, Hulk Hogan. I mean, he has done some interesting movies. Like Suburban Commando. Suburban Commando. <laughs> I was frozen today. It's like, that is just so classic. I don't care how bad it is. And I know that, you know, Terry Bolia might be kind of a egotistical racist dick. I'm sorry to say. I mean, given past... You know, once again, Hulk Hogan, please don't hurt us. Yeah, don't sue us. Please, please don't hurt us. We're just stating facts, dude, facts. brother. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he was in Suburban Commando. Uh, what else did he do? Wasn't there that one movie where he was like a nanny or something? <laughs> and, and then they put him in a fucking, or am I thinking of Suburban Commando? Probably Suburban Commando. Is that Suburban Commando that I'm yeah. thinking of? How many other movies did he do? No, there was that one movie where he was trying to, where he was, uh, there was that truck full of toxic waste, and he was trying to stop it from being transported or something to that effect. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. Oh, he was in Rocket Three, remember? Yeah, and you know what? You you also can't go without mentioning Rowdy Roddy fucking Piper in the seminal horror sci-fi classic They Live. He is amazing in that movie, right? Like for years. Yeah, it's like why didn't his movie career, you know, blow up after that? Yeah, in that role, as young as he was, dude, he looked like a natural. He was a natural in it. I mean, it was in a role that was actually well written, like for him and everything. So, I mean, I kind of wish that he would have had a better movie career. Yeah, kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Quite frankly, what we've come up with is. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, it, it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. It's all supposed to be fun. The Rock is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today. It's not supposed to be real. <laughs> You're not going to be scared, right? It's going to be okay. You can go back to the future. You can do anything. Right? Right. But behind the scenes, it's a whole different story. I hope everyone feels like they got their money's worth out there. And for the first time ever, you'll know the real truth. He's got a puke! He's got a puke! He's got a puke! It is showtime! The hard facts. Worried about him as far as his health. You need a new knee now. She's gonna live here the rest of her life probably and uh, have seven kids and uh, seven husbands and she'll always remember tonight, man. The family pain. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. The real danger. Shut up! I'm a very violent person, and I'll hurt you. So I get paid to do what I'm doing. It's like any entertainer. Come face to face with a wrestling world the way it's never been seen before. Gave up Wall Street for Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. It's still hard after all these years. I just don't want to hurt no more. This is the damn! 
beyond the mat. I think we touched a lot of people, yeah. if you don't mind me saying. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Robert, is there anything you'd like to plug? I'll just plug Collateral Cinema. I'll plug Killing Night. Killing Night. Watch it. Yeah, you can watch it. I think we have it pinned on our Facebook profile, and it's on IGTV, right? IGTV. I think we got it pinned to Twitter, too. It's also on YouTube. It's on YouTube, so go ahead and find that. Yeah, go ahead and find that. And subscribe to my YouTube channel if you can. Yes, definitely. And subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We do have a channel with most all of our podcasts on there. And very soon, we will be working on a YouTube show. Right, Robert? Hopefully. Hopefully. In the works. In the works. Low budget late night. We just need a couple of producers to greenlight the project. <laughs> yeah, something to that effect. And our next episode of Collateral Cinema, our next couple of episodes will be kind of interesting. We're going to do our 420 special. That's going to be Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. We are also going to do The Toxic Avenger with Michael Cornwell. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. And also look for episodes on Drive, Hooper, Star Trek Beyond. And our season finale is The Interview. We're going to be winding the season down here pretty soon. So, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter, on Instagram as well. Check us out on Facebook. We are on Patreon as well. We have $1 and $5 tiers, and we have full-length film commentaries. And every other Director's Cut episode, we're going to do a free commentary of a low-budget or public-domain movie. I think we're going to be doing The Buttercream Gang next on that. So look for that from us, and look for more interesting content from the Director's Cut. I think that we might probably try to extend this beyond the initial collateral cinema season, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Once again, congratulations to all the winners of WrestleMania. It's like, hell yeah. And happy WrestleMania weekend, everybody. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right, brother. Brother. Collateral Cinema is out, brother. But.
Collateral Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.